Hi, podcast listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in for our Good Friday observance this year. My name is Art Wright, and I'm the pastor at Williamsburg Baptist Church. Really are glad you're tuning in. This is the sermon from our Good Friday service. I'll give you a warning up front. It's heavy. This whole service was heavy and didn't have a happy ending um, as we remembered the arrest and trial and crucifixion, death and burial of Jesus. Uh, the ending of Good Friday really leaves you hanging, um, and it is it is heavy. When we walked out of the room in silence and in shadows, it felt like we needed something more, something else. But that's part of the deal, I think, the um, lack of resolution um, uh, to Good Friday, and it's part of what makes it unsettling, I think. So I hope that this homily, short sermon, is a way for you to reflect on the meaning of this day and how the some of the themes of Good Friday play out and in our lives. And again, it's heavy, but um, we recognize that God moves with us through even the heaviest and darkest moments of our lives too. Even then, God is present. So blessings to you as you listen to this sermon and you reflect um, on the meaning of this sacred day. And I will say very briefly that the audio did not capture, unfortunately, on our live stream Friday night. So I re-recorded my homily for you all. Hope it's helpful. God bless. Kim, Gear, and I were in the office last week working and talking about our Good Friday service. And if you don't know her yet, Kim is our beloved church administrator. She is literally the glue that holds this place together. And I called over to her from my office and said, Kim, why is Good Friday called Good Friday? That seems like something a church administrator should know. (laughs) What I didn't say was that I also didn't know why Good Friday was called Good Friday. And the honest truth is that no one really seems to know for sure at this point. Some people point to the goodness of Jesus' suffering and death that leads to our salvation and forgiveness of sins, and they suggest that if not for Good Friday, Jesus would not have been resurrected and triumphed over death. And so maybe this is the origin of the name Good Friday. The most likely answer, as best as I can tell from (laughs) internet research, is that it traces its origin to an antiquated meaning of the word good, meaning holy. Thus, Good Friday is Holy Friday or Sacred Friday. Whatever the origin of the name, for me, today is a hard day. Good Friday reminds me of the worst that humanity has to offer. And as best as I can tell, unfortunately, humanity hasn't changed much in the last 2,000 years. Five days ago, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, with good news of God's love and acceptance and radical welcome for all. He rode in on a donkey evoking the words of the prophet Zechariah to inaugurate a global peace. Everything was going in the right direction. And today, on Good Friday, he's on a Roman cross. The religious and political establishment couldn't tolerate a threat to the status quo, a threat to their power, to their authority and comfort and wealth that they enjoy. And so they kill him. But it's not just any death or execution. 
if they wanted to just eliminate the threat they perceived in Jesus, they could have beheaded him. That's a cheery thought. Here's a kinder, gentler way to execute someone. Instead, they choose a method that makes torture and public humiliation and shame part of the package. Buy one, get two free. Let's draw this out as long as possible. They hang him along a public road so that everyone who passes by sees and remembers that Rome is in control. And don't you dare cross them like this guy. For the life of me, I can't imagine what's going through the heads of the soldiers who actually crucify Jesus, who actually take hammer to nail, driving it through soft flesh and hard bone. But I do know this, we humans can be indescribably cruel at times. People do unimaginably evil things in this world. Notice I didn't say we are evil, but we surely do evil things. And so if I'm honest, there doesn't seem to me to be a lot that is good about this day. The male, has, male disciples have fled the scene. Everything they had been hoping for and working toward has been lost. This vision of a new world shaped by God's dream is slipping away before their very eyes. The bad guys have won and all hope is lost. Several women remain to the bitter end, standing at the foot of the cross. They seem to know... What Jesus' male disciples don't, that even in moments of the worst imaginable suffering, presence is what matters most. And they show an awful lot of courage, too, because they're not afraid to be seen publicly with Jesus. But they, too, are devastated by this tragedy. They, too, have no hope. I was talking to my older son a couple of weeks ago about his recent and growing love for the Jurassic Park movies, the originals, <laughs> at that. I've been nervous to show them to him because they, there are some truly scary moments in them. And he was explaining to me that the reason he loves them is because of those moments, what he calls the moments of no hope. He said these are the moments in a movie where it seems like there's no possible escape. We might say there's no hope of salvation. Surely you remember the moment when the Tyrannosaurus Rex crashes through the fencing and starts stalking around two Jeeps with our beloved characters in them and then tries to eat them. And I asked him how he felt watching that moment, for example, and he said, it just feels thrilling in my body. But I asked him how he thought it might feel to be one of the characters in the story, and he said, honestly, that sounds really scary. And that's the feeling I'm trying to drop into for Good Friday. As familiar as the story of the crucifixion is, as much as we know that Easter is coming, this moment is where life bottoms out, where it can't get any worse. Have you had one of those moments in real life? I'm assuming you haven't stared down a rampaging T-Rex, but my assumption is that most of us have had those moments in life that have left us feeling completely undone, convinced that all is lost. Have you had one of those moments where you were left sobbing on the floor or where your body is racked with uncontrollable, uncontrollable spasms of grief or where it feels like all your tears are just dried up and you just can't cry anymore? If you haven't, I suspect sooner or later you will have one of those moments 
because as best as I can tell, it's just part of what it means to be human. I can think of moments in my own life, at least a couple, and I can think of moments in the lives of this community of faith, knowing some of our stories, although none of these stories are mine to tell. But can you think of one? For some of us, it comes with an unexpected diagnosis, especially if it includes the word stage four. For others, it's the moment a spouse or partner tells us they're leaving, or our loved one tells us some other really hard news. Or maybe it's a rejection letter from a dream college or dream job or a pink slip, bullying or assault, rejection by family and friends, or death of a loved one. The worst moment of your life, when it feels like there's no hope for a good outcome or a positive future. These are the moments that shake the foundations of the world we thought we knew. They turn us upside down and inside out, and our own lives begin to feel foreign to us. Jesus wasn't supposed to die. His his followers didn't think he would. This was not how it was supposed to end. And yet the darkness of the tomb beckons. And they have every right to assume that once the entrance is sealed, that's the end of the story, period. Dawn may never come. As pastor, I wish I could say the exact right thing to take away the pain, or I wish I could maybe wave a magical wand and make it so that none of us had to suffer again. But we will. And Good Friday reminds us of that uncomfortable fact. But if, if there is any good news on this Good Friday, and that's a big if, I'd say, it's this. We follow a Savior who knows what it is like to suffer. And we worship a God who knows what it is like to lose a loved one. And that means that we never are left alone to suffer. When we find ourselves in those terrible moments in life, God cries with us. And Jesus stands in remarkable solidarity with those of us who have lost all hope. He knows what it is to suffer unimaginable pain, to lose everything, to cry out to God because all is lost. This evening we stand witness with the women as Jesus is crucified. We won't look away. We watch with our eyes wide open, witnessing the worst the world has to offer. And we remember... We remember that we as humans have more in common than than we would like to think. That suffering is part of the deal when it comes to being human. Suffering crosses racial lines and political borders, theological divisions, and gender identities. It binds us together because none of us are immune. And so it opens us to another important truth as well. Because of our shared capacity for suffering, all of us have the capacity for compassion as well. Compassion, suffering with, and standing with one another, even and especially in the worst moments that life has to offer. Suffering has the capacity to break our hearts, yes, but rather than destroying us and sending shards of our hearts outward like shrapnel to wound others, It holds the possibility of breaking our hearts open 
to a greater capacity for love and empathy and grace and forgiveness. My hope, my prayer for you all, for all of us on this Good Friday, is that as we remember the unimaginable suffering of Jesus on the cross, it will break our hearts open in new ways that will inevitably lead to life on the other side. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>